I realized that I was frozen in amber too. My old movie streaming for free. For free? Hello. Hey. Um, this is our Halloween episode, which is after Halloween because um, we are both busy people. So, but Halloween, I feel like Halloween should be celebrated like across both October and November because to me, November is like very gloomy, very gothic-y um, month, at least here. I mean, nothing's gothic in Portugal. <laughs> Like, not until, like, December when it starts being gloomy. Like, I remember in November it was still relatively sunny. Right? There was one morning, like, a few days ago, where it was actually, like, almost pitch dark. It was insane. Like, I woke up at, like, 8.30 or, like, 9. Mm -hmm. And it was so cloudy and rainy that, like, in the morning, I actually had to turn on the lights on my room so I could see anything. Mm -hmm. Which was crazy to me because like in the afternoon like four hours later. It was like sunny and hot <laughs> No, that was like that was like as close to like gothic and and like Halloween -y as it could get here okay. in October Yeah, but anyway, so like the same way people like at, for some reason claim November for Christmas already I'm claiming November still for for Halloween. I think yeah, I think November so is essentially a halloween month yeah and um january is also post christmas it's also christmas at least early january it also feels like like post christmas i mean because like if you're being like very technically catholic about it like christmas time is until january 6th so it, it like when you have the yeah, yeah, I think yeah it's called the epiphany like you know when the three kings come with the gifts like that's yeah spain the catholic Spain celebrates Spain that. Gifts way, on that. Yeah, yeah. Spain celebrates yeah. that like as much as actual Christmas Day. Yeah, so I think like until like mid January, that's still like a Christmassy time for me. Uh, but November, I am very annoyed with like um, shopping malls and like uh, grocery stores. Like November first. <laughs> Like a bunch of Christmas shit. I was like, no, like we should still celebrate death and decay and <laughs> and scary things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. They just, it's the, it's the. Um, Christmas starts early because you gotta get the 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 Christmas shopping done early. Um, so they can start. I I am not at my best today. Gotta be honest. <laughs> No, because like on... tell the people why you're not your best today. Tell the people what you what you've done. Right. Okay. So um, what I've done is on Halloween night I. So from seven p.m. to five a.m. I was both at a concert and a Halloween party. And yesterday I was knocked out, not hungover because I didn't drink that much, just at all. Mm -hmm. Just like physically, like drained <laughs> like <laughs> oof that was like i think that's i think how runners feel after like running a half marathon or whatever anyway today we are talking about american horror story specifically the fifth season hotel um spoiler i did enjoy it more than i thought but i still have like I, I still have like problems with it but i did enjoy it i must say uh and I think it's better than Asylum. Like, the more, like, 
seasons I rewatch, right, the more like I am sure that Asylum is actually the worst season. <laughs> um, I am Which is no... ironic because a lot of people think that it's the best, and I like no. I am I am by no means um, an American horror story connoisseur. I have seen Murder House only, I think, like in full. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I have no problems with Hotel. <laughs> this is insane. Zero problems. I have not even. I have never, not even like Devil's Night, which is like such a disgusting fetishization of American serial killers. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It is so tasteless, and yet. Um. No. Okay. Like the. I think. We'll get into specifics, but I think that after watching this, okay, I will say that the ending, like the, the actual like end, the final episode, isn't up to snuff with the build up. I will say that the ending to me felt so anticlimactic yeah. because like f- the season is very dark, like in in terms of like how it chooses to deal sort of with with human nature and human tendencies and like human relationships and then the last episode is like found family trope like everything's peachy like everybody's like happy in this like hotel and like everybody's like uh, found their purpose and they're happy and they don't need to kill people to feel satisfied and i was like that was like such a dramatic shift for me it it felt more like an epilogue than an actual like conclusive satisfying ending to the series i think that went Mm -hmm. that came beforehand I think like the second to last and the previous one to that were much stronger in that sense of like series finale way where all the shit is hitting the fan, mm-hmm. um, and the and the ending itself is like, all right, this is strictly for like the people who already like are super invested in some of these characters, which I was, but mm-hmm. like this is it was like very um, fun servicey for sure. Yeah, it felt like a fan service anime episode, yeah. like an OVA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, exactly. Like Ryan Murphy OVA, and like the tone was different as well. Like it was very, I don't know. It was. It, I think the the shock also came because like the penultimate episode sort of ends on this like very dramatic note. Like it sort of ends on the climax, right? And so you, I I, I guess I was like expecting something more somber to follow that instead you get like this very giddy feeling episode about people like all these people that struggle to connect finally connecting with one another and like choosing to yeah. spend time together and so it's like overtly wholesome which is sort of it, it felt very fan fictiony yeah you know like, in, in, if, mm-hmm. in a way i think it's fitting because as we'll get uh to it further further on um like the entire series is about about is essentially about like a bunch of misfits struggling to fit in and like overcoming just like debilitating issues and just like so desperate for connection that they're just like willing to commit the most heinous crimes for it and the ending itself just like celebrating community in like this gothy morbid way is like mm-hmm. fitting but like pacing wise and like urgency wise it didn't feel like a finale that's yeah yeah, yeah. um but i also think this season would have been sh- stronger had it had less episodes i think because it was 12 episodes there was a lot of filler and that was just there to be there not necessary to 
further the storytelling, which is some of like a, a, a trademark of Ryan Murphy. He does a lot of things just to do them. Like he just like, oh, that's a cool idea. Yeah, that's why, Let's that's, do a scene like that. That's why I like him, I think. But I think, um, if you wanted to sort of improve the series to be like more good outside of like morpheism <laughs> i think it would have been better had it been shorter and like more concise and i definitely would have written the ending to be a little less peachy <laughs> sure, sure. I, don't know, I don't know why i keep like using the word peachy but that's like the only word that comes into my mind when i think about that ending yeah like the i i think i would have like combined if anything i would have combined like the second to last and the last episode in like one um, and then, like, the actual finale and, like, just an epilogue, like, 20 minutes after all this shit hit the fan. But, like, yeah. But, yeah. Um, what is this show about? So, it's the fifth season of American Horror Story. I don't think we have to explain American Horror Story. Yeah, every, if you're listening to this, you probably already know what American Horror Story is. But, like, um... <laughs> I don't know if you've seen, but apparently the new season, the N- NYC, is essentially about AIDS. And I was like, oh my god, that man just like, he wants to do like the most triggering content, I feel like now. <laughs> Ryan Murphy. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, like all seasons of American Horror Story, uh, Ryan Murphy is heavily involved in creative in, um, in Hotel, and you can tell. Um, and, like, that's the thing, right? This man does so many things that he puts his name on so many things. You actually start wondering, like, what are the things he's actually, like, fully creatively involved in and not just, like, you know, producer, like, consulting or whatever, or, like, using his name as a brand. But, like, in American Horror Story, I think he's, it's still one of his, like, main creative endeavors, right? Like, he's fully he at least directs an episode every season right yeah i think like american horror story is like his baby essentially yeah yeah because i I was i was he directed the first episode and then like he wrote um two of these but he's like he created the concept of the show and all that um yeah even in the new one he wrote quite he wrote like a bunch of them as well yeah his writing partner brad falchuk I really think sort of American Horror Story, even though it has like what eleven seasons now, like he still is yeah. very hands on with this with this show. You can also sort of see from the themes he chooses for each season that like they seem to reflect his own like macabre preferences and the stories that he yeah. personally finds chilling. Um, yeah, and also like his particular writing style is very apparent even in like later seasons so like mm-hmm. I, I do think he's very hands-on with this show yeah yeah but but that's the thing right like this th- this is a depraved season of television like it's it, 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 and like it's becoming more and more apparent the more Ryan Murphy television I see is that he is like uh, he is a true machine, like an absolute magician of like depraved gayness. <laughs> like, no, I'm serious. Like this guy, um, th- th- like there's a lot of yearning for auteurism and, and like more ding, like the decay. Oh, everything's the brand. But like Ryan Murphy is an author. Like this guy 
Like, he did, this year, the the Dahmer show came out. I don't Um, think I'll watch it. Like, after Devil's Night, I do not trust him to write. Like, he's so obsessed with American horror, like, um, with American serial killers. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, the most tasteless, fetishizing, like, speculative, scandalizing tone, like, imaginable. And, like, I can handle it for, like, one, like... You can just tell that, like, he he essentially wants to make show like Dahmer about like every important serial killer in American history because every single season of American Horror Story has a serial killer. He's obsessed. Yeah. He has a very yeah. very unhealthy relationship with serial killers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, like in in those like I was saying like even in this season Hotel, like there is Jeffrey Dahmer. Ironically, not played by Evan Peters, who's also on this show. I mean, like, Evan Peters, like, doing trans- transatlantic accent and, like, being this, like, like a serial killer, a serial killer himbo, essentially. It's, like, like yeah, it's a serial peak. killer groomer. It's great. It's it's great. Uh, um, he's very I, fun in this. Like, I so, sorry to cut in, but, like, I don't mind Sir Ryan Murphy exercising his fascination in what i consider more responsible way so by creating a fictional serial killer that to me is like like a little bit less a little bit more tasteful because you know it's a fictional character so you can sort of play around with it you can make them in this like comical persona like you have with uh julie smarch so so the character played by even peters like whenever he actually takes real life serial killers it's just like immediate cringe it, it's 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 immediate cringe i don't know if you yeah. know but like rodrick uh, ramirez who is it rodrick no ramirez you know the night stalker um yeah, yeah, who yeah, appears yeah. in uh, devil's yeah. night uh, he like he he he's obsessed with that man and he appears in two more seasons like what you you have him in cult if i remember. in cult you also have manson um because why not right and then you have in 1984 you also have uh, night stalker as a character is... who's like very sexualized and very fetishized and he really seems like so um night stalker he was one of the few serial killers when they were on trial which was televised like he had he would receive love letters similar to Ted Bundy like there was like this like very active romanticization of him while he was on trial for like very violent rape and murder of women in LA area yeah yeah and it is a fascinating phenomenon but like in 1984 like he sexualized Rodriguez to such a like he, he he reaches a new level of tastelessness you know what I'm kind. I'm kind of excited for it. And you know what? You may be calling me in your head. You may be calling me a hypocrite in some way. Uh, yes. Because like, because, no, no, no. I'm uh, and I, 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 I get why. Um, because like I am very critical of a lot of true crime content, uh, for doing exactly that. the The difference is I don't think that true crime, like essentially tabloids in podcast form or like YouTube channel form. It was like, I don't think they're making any sort of artistic point, and I think Ryan Murphy is, and, um, 
like I, at, at least Ryan Murphy is channeling his obsession into some form of like artistic expression and these guys are just grifters so exploitation is okay if it's for your artistic gain but not once it's for your materialistic gain I'm not saying it's always I'm not saying it's ethical <laughs> I'm not saying it's ethical but I mean it's more dignified than just making a YouTube channel for profit because people are starved for content like that. At least this man is like channeling this like unhealthy obsession, which seems like an unhealthy obsession to me, into some sort of like art. Yeah, artistic expression. Isn't that what artists have always done? I think. I think in 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 that sense, I think Ryan Murphy is like a a a, a true artist in the sense that he he seems very like focused in channeling a lot of his obsessions into his insane artistic output and i don't know that you can like it you can dislike it um but that's what he does and i think that's way more dignified than a lot of like true crime content creators i think it's less dignified honestly what do you in what sense because like the true crime i mean I'm not a fan of the majority of true crime. I'm very selective when it comes to true crime, but there's at least this want of saying what happened and like trying to be factual. And there's at least like from community, there is like this, like there is this presumed responsibility to be factual and to like stick to what happened. And even though people use very, like, emotional language and that sells, like, you know, calling people, like, beast monsters and stuff like that, there's still, there is still some backlash. There is still some, like, checks and balances that ensure that if, like, that fact-checked, that, like, prove this content, right? And there's also, because a lot of true crime references, like, other true crime so like i mean like one podcast will reference this documentary so like there is like ongoing criticism within the community of like narratives proposed by different uh, uh outlets so there is this ongoing sort of discussion how we should represent these killers how we should represent the victims so there's like this like uh meta criticism within the genre of itself sure whereas with ryan murphy he just exploits real crime and exploits real people suffering for aesthetic values which i think is true that is true again that is true which i think is less dignified because he just like very selfishly takes these events and this real suffering to use it it's in, in his own creative output whereas in true crime like there is at least some attempt at criticism and like at creating as some sort of standard of how to talk yeah. about these people and these events some true crime you know i mean some, yeah yeah of course of course i mean i get what you mean but like i maybe dignified was the wrong word i i just think i am more inclined to understand why uh like someone like a creative mind like ryan murphy or any other creator like would just feel the 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 impulse to just like project all all their obsessions onto what they're what onto what they're creating and he feels free that way and i just think that's like 
refreshing because I, I think this man is just like he has earned a level of clout within sort of Hollywood that he is just given free range to do whatever depraved shit he wants. But he's also and I think very that's lazy refreshing. to me. Like to me, that's very lazy. Like whenever he just like uses real life serial killers and fetishizing to me that's like usually the laziest point in his writing in the whole seasons whenever he resorts yes, to that yes it is and no, like, I'm like I'm, and yeah, I feel sorry like, but I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's good or bad right now I'm not saying like I'm sure I, I will watch the Dahmer show because I'm very interested in Ryan Murphy things right now but like I'm actually mostly sure I will hate the Dahmer show mm-hmm. like and I will agree with you that, like, the the sort of Devil's Night sort of, like, killer, real serial killer cult that happens at, like, dinner scenes that happen at some point in this show, like, it is the dumbest thing, like, hotel, yeah, it's, it is the dumbest thing in the entire season, for sure. So, I'm not saying what he does, when he does that, is good. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying I I think I understand why he does it way more than some not you know like you got me out to red-handed I think they do it right um but like I think it's way more dignified than I don't know like true crime mukbang watch me eat noodles while I talk about or like apply makeup while I talk about you know serial killers in a very like chipper way you know what I mean no to me, it's on the same level. Sure, sure. Okay. No, I, I, no, that's okay. Like, <laughs> no, I understand your point. No, I, I, I understand. Um, and, but yeah, like, right now, I am, I, I think you have seen more Ryan Murphy than I have. I, I mean, think. so I've seen, I have seen nine out of the 11 seasons of American Horror Story. I have seen Feud, which I think a lot of people haven't seen, which to me is a travesty because it's a very good show. And it has amazing cast, like, ridiculous. Um, I have seen sporadic episodes of Glee. You I have seen, seen Screen Queens? Scream Queens? Only the first season. I haven't seen the okay. second season. Um, and I try to watch American Crime Story, but it's just like... I can sort of, like, his pacing and his way of writing works for me sort of on some level in horror, but, like, when he's trying to do historical, like, period, yeah. it's just too much. No, like, I, right. I, I can't. <laughs> I, I will say that the Ryan Murphy, I, I like, I unabashedly love Glee. Well, I'm not, I, I love a lot of things about, like, earnestly love about th- a lot of things about Glee. I also love to laugh at Glee. It's one of my favorite things to do mm-hmm. in life is laughing at Glee as well. So yeah, so there's that. Um, but now I can say that I have seen both seasons of American Crime. Well, it's not both anymore. Um, oh yeah, because it's the, the third one about the impeachment. Haven't seen that one. Like yeah. I, tr- I tried both. I watched, I think, first two episodes of the OJ season and like three episodes of the Gianni Versace, Versace yeah. uh, murder. But I just... I. It, it was too much. It was just too much for me. I, I uh, like... Yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 I have seen the Jenny Versace and the, the OJ one. Mm-hmm. And I will say, like, I watched the OJ show when it came out. And I watched the, also the Jenny Versace show when it came out. And I have more of an updated opinion 
that are like more reflective of my current opinions on the OJ show because I rewatched it recently, mm-hmm. and I will say I actually really like that show, and I and not in the holy shit he's so depraved and tasteless way. I actually think the OJ show is done as close to tasteful as you can get for like a creative mind as depraved as Ryan Murphy. But he still like like excludes a lot of important figures and a lot of important aspects of that trial. Sure. And sure, like, probably, probably, yeah. Because he, like, I, 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 it's, it's, it's kind of like you said, like, he's, he's fascinated with, like, depraved homosexuality, but I think it's just, like, depraved humanity, and that story... Yeah, 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 yeah. Even though it's, like... It, in a gay way, but yes, depraved humanity. It's, uh, I think it's, it's his, even in Glee, because Glee's in a very evil show. I'll say, I said it before, and I'll say it again. <laughs> Glee's a very evil show, but I think you're right. It is, his thing is just humanity as, like depravity and the thing like with oj trial and also the oj case like there is a lot of depravity in that case for sure but it's also like just like very revealing of like the systematic uh shortcomings of the american legal system but also how american uh, society is structured and the show I, i mean again haven't seen the whole thing i only saw the first three episodes but like the show cares a lot more about sort of depravity than the truth of what happened with that trial and with that story yeah yeah which you know like sure he has a narcissistic license he's not trying to make a documentary but like for me personally it's like very difficult to watch yeah yeah yeah. as if it was a documentary i'd probably say like it's bullshit but it's it is a work of you Mm. know it is a work of like narrative uh, serialized that's what i mean like he he can do it you can have like arguments whether it's tasteful or not but like me personally as a viewer who's like very interested in sort of how history is depicted like watching somebody who's like not as interested in the history as he's more interested in depravity and also my natural sort of um uh, love hate relationship with his editing and writing style like just makes it not really enjoyable for me as a viewer yeah 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 and, and like I'm trying to make counterpoints, but I actually mostly agree with you that Ryan Murphy like makes things quite unethically. Like when you when you deal with real life issues, like I'm not arguing with that. I think the main difference between our like like our level of like appreciation for Ryan Murphy is down to like style. Mm-hmm. And I I think I I think he's like stylistically I love it. Like there are so many moments on Hotel where it's just like in absolute like i was just no pun intended but like it was an absolute glee it's like <laughs> like like a certain episode like the first episode and five especially a like i one, loved episode five it, so much is five fun when the when alex gets turned or uh uh it, it's the episode that kicks off with the <laughs> the all the kids getting turned into vampire, <gasps> yeah. Oh, yeah. That episode I is mean, amazing. I mean, he was so right for like Lord of Flies, but make it vampires. Like he was very, very right to do that. <laughs> yeah, like that episode. There are so many. Like the first episode, the uh, the episodes where it's less focused on moving the plot and just creating, just assembling like the most like depraved in a fun way ideas, like gory depraved scenes possible like one in five especially those were my favorites where it's just non-stop insanity like it, it in every scene there's something 
absolutely batshit insane happening that like completely um unpre in a completely unpredictable way yeah like that that's the thing with like like with this season for me is that like i love sort of individual decisions and then individual characters or individual moments but like when i think of it as a whole it's still again it's still better than asylum i think like it's still it's very similar to sort of murder houses that sort of the space that encompasses these characters allows some sort of like thematic cohesiveness within the show to exist which it's not something that you get in every season like i guess like, there was like 13 different plots and like they're well, it, 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 it is a lot yeah it's, like that's what that's the thing right i think we're dodging the question of what the hell is hotel actually about mm -hmm. because like there is so much that happens on this show it there's there are like literally like you were not kidding when you said 13 different plot lines because it actually feels like 13 different plot lines are happening but that's the thing sir like that's like very emblematic of american horror story in general about like the, the sort of approach how how to tell each season's story like but to me as a connoisseur uh -huh, um like whether a season is successful or not is whether you are able to serve in some logical like way to connect all these stories and collect connect all these themes that's why yeah. i think common works very well because it's like it's about the city it's about like different witches and like this society and like changes in that society so even when you have like very sporadic and like different plot lines like this existence of this sisterhood or not sisterhood sort of binds it all together similar in murder murder house which is you know about this family being content but also it's about just like this house this this house that seems to be cursed so you have a lot of like different storylines about like just like whatever fucking happened in that house right and so again many plot lines but there's like this cohesive idea binding that season together uh, and i think in hotel it's like it's very similar to murder house in that sense that, like you just have like a space with a certain dark allure that brings all these different people for one reason or another into that space and also that space because of its dark potential also facilitates a lot of their behavior and of their depravity yeah. so like even though the season is very scattered there is like this thing that holds it together as a somewhat a cohesive whole which you don't really have in asylum which you don't really have in cults in cults sorry and and a lot of like different seasons where the central idea i don't think is as strong and so he just like runs amok and it doesn't make sense when you think of it together as like a, something that on some level should be coherent as like a theme-led story yeah i think right i i, <laughs> I get what you mean with logic and like like pieces fitting together logically um but uh, in another in another sense i think the reason why i like this show is just pure id in the sense that I mean, I don't even mean sort of logically, but like aesthetically, it all makes sense as like one piece together. But like sure, in Asylum, sure. for example, you have fucking nuns, you have like abusive priests, you have aliens, you like you have so many different things from like completely different bags, right? And yeah, it's you have a serial killer plot because of course, uh, yeah. and it's like it's just too much things that just don't glue together like let alone logic but just like aesthetically it's just like it feels like you're watching three different seasons at the same time but in hotel even though you have so many plot lines and not all of them come together 
there is this like aesthetic glow to them i think sure sure like i i will say even though i haven't seen the seasons you just said you just referenced like I, I am willing to give... I don't know how well if I like them, but, like, I'm willing to give them a pass even if they don't, you know, fit together, like, logically or whatever, or just complete nonsense. Because I think the reason why I like this show is just, like, pure age. It's, it's just, like... Uh, uh, like, a, an, an instinct to just react to all of the insane choices that like visual choices plot choices that they are happening successively in like very rapid succession in true ryan murphy form uh or like the 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 whole like a million things happening at once and all of them are a certain shade of insane but also i will think like on the other on the flip side i also think i like this show a lot this season a lot because it combines the, the those two elements of enjoyment together very well in the sense that like on a pure aesthetic level on a pure like inst in, like instinctual level while i was watching i was just like having so much fun and like the time was just flying by but on the other hand it's it, i i think it's mostly like pretty well written i think more than you're giving it credit for because like for a show that's as like balls to the wall a million things happening at once and it's all just focused on shock value like i think there's something to be to 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 commend when in within this show it still manages to to create like such strong characters layered characters that you can get emotionally invested in because it it could all just be a bunch of bullshit happening all the time and you're not invested in anything and you just want to see carnage but also, there are a lot of characters. I I, I, th- I think I was pretty much invested in all, every single one of them emotionally. Uh, I, I was not invested in John Lowe. John Lowe was a terribly good sure. character. Sure, okay, <laughs> I, I get I, I, that. That was the one I was like, eh, sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. No, um, but I, I do think that sort of... I can't give all the credit to his writing because when you actually pay attention to the dialogue especially like in their dialogue it gets clunky a lot of the time but he just casts very good actors that i think also that know too. how to make that clunky dialogue work like, that too like i, I think, think we've I talked think about he... it in glee that like like you need a special kind of actor to sort of deliver the morphe dialogue in a way that it's not cringe yeah no no yeah and i mean like a lot of the murphy dialogue it's like riverdale dialogue it's like it's it's like no person talks like this but because of the delivery and the context the aesthetic context that it's in it just makes sense like this is a show where lady gaga plays the the the, the head countress of the place like she no but she, like when i she, this is a, this is deliberately camp and like a lot of the things that people say are just completely ludicrous but when you couple it with the aesthetic the context and the delivery of the actor it's just like yes this works yeah no like what i mean here like about like ryan murphy being like um not the best writer i think he's very good like at sort of creating scenes or creating episodes that will just facilitate his aesthetic and his sense of camp like when he actually makes like dramatic turns or like 
important developments in plot they're usually very very clunky and very not handled very well like think about like sure. the reveal that john law is the like 10 commandments killer like that that was <laughs> no, the <you> know. <laughs> clunkiest reveal i have ever seen that was like pulled out of the ass like like this is what we portuguese call tirado do cu uh-huh. like <laughs> No, because, like, that happened out of nowhere. So, like, to explain it if you haven't watched this show. Maybe you so should, like, like, give, like, a premise for this season. Like. Right, right. And I, th- I was thinking about this before. Like, how the hell are we going to explain everything that happens on this show? Okay, I, but I think it's it's I think it's good that we do it, like, by character. Like, break it down, like, okay. by character. Because this is a show of, like, icons. Like, the characters, like, they're, like instantly iconic just by like i think they're designed to be that way like you, it's the outfits it's the way of speaking that matters really, not since the like yeah. you have to think about like that to me american horror story started as a show he invented to like revive jessica launch career <laughs> and that's yeah. sort of like the blueprint for writing characters for her is like the blueprint for the whole show he's like he really i really think like his sort of attitude to writing the series is like he thinks of like a theme of an aesthetic and then like he thinks of characters that will like best embody this aesthetic and then he puts on things about the plot like like on only like then so like i really think sort of the creation of the characters and their specific aesthetics comes to him first which is why again yeah. episodes that just sort of are not very plot heavy they're just like you know these characters existing in their very specific manner and within this aesthetic are usually the strongest in the, the strongest in yeah, each I season yeah. but like when he actually attempts to write plot it usually doesn't work very well i think yeah 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 i i will say even though i absolutely love this show and i would watch it again in a heartbeat like i i like and this season yeah this season i mean i say show because it's a self-contained plot you know like i i but it you, could be misleading to Yulia. Yeah, ex- no, exactly. Yeah, 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 that's what I was going to say. Like, it could be misleading. Like, we're not talking about American Story, like, as an entire show. Or to- I'm talking about, like, this this specific series, which tells, like, a very mm-hmm. self-contained story, which could be a show of its own. But, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I Even though I absolutely love this show, the reasons why I, I love it have nothing to do with how, you know, like, the plot is developed... Even though I think, again, uh, there is some credit to be given in how he managed to, to build the characters, make you emotionally invested in them, at least me, and I think you as well, you said to me. Yeah, no, like, um, like I think and, he's very good like at like plot that concerns like character development or like interpersonal relationship between the characters, like yeah. the relationship between iris and les taylor like i think was amazing partly because of the chemistry between the actors but also just because it was explored as a theme that i I don't think i explored a lot so like aging sort of friendship and old age sort of reckoning with your own life what you did so like i think that's like very thoughtful and very tasteful and like um developed with a lot of delicacy Mm -hmm. when i meet when i meet no when i mean uh, by plot, sort of, I, I mean, like with capital P, you know, like the big events, the big sort yeah. of things that separate the story into acts. I think that's that's why, again, I think like he shines when he just have like this very intimate episode of like characters interacting with one another rather than when he actually has to like 
tell a grand plot or like this massive narrative, which is again why I don't think he's very well suited to historical like shows. Sure. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I agree with you there. And and also like even though it's not the strong suits, more so like the aesthetics and like mm-hmm. how instantly iconic the characters are. I, I do I do think it was satisfying that it was satisfying to see like how all the pieces fit together towards mm-hmm. the end. Not the actual ending, but like oh, so all of all the shit is like coming together into just this absolute chaotic mess that are like the last few episodes. But like early on when that was happening, it was like all of it's fitting together. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, all of these, like, separate plot lines. Not separate, because they're always intertwined, but, like, when it's... When uh, every character is sort of, like, joined together for just this climactic event, it is it is really satisfying to, to see how that unfolded. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe we should break this... Maybe we should break things down. So there's a lot of characters. Like, I, lo- I think I love them all. Like, even John Lowe, I love his, like stupid ass <laughs> like <laughs> okay um should we start by lady gaga i think she's the main figure yeah this was her main for this was this was released in 2015 this was her first big acting role i think it was her first acting role period i don't think she acted before this D- did you know that she was a an extra on the sopranos when she was a teenager yeah but you know extra yeah, you know what I mean. you know yeah, like yeah, all yeah. the all, all respect to extras but extras don't yeah act. yeah exactly <laughs> No, yeah, this was her first, like, big acting role, and, um, she kills it. So, she plays the Countess. She's the head cuntress of the entire hotel place. <laughs> she is the head cuntress. I love that term. I want to call this episode the head cuntress hotel. Either that or psycho- psychoanalyzing Ryan Murphy, too. No, I think head cuntress hotel wins. <laughs> I'm writing it down. No, but it's true. Like, can you can you explain why she's... Yeah, like, she's sort of, like, the central figure that, like, connects everything on this show, I think. I'm gonna add Psychoanalyzing Ryan Murphy as, like, the subtitle. Yeah, so essentially, she's this century-old vampire who owns this hotel, and she's the one character that sort of is, like, um, a driving force in a lot of of the other characters' lives. Like, she's the one, sort of... She's the glue of the season, essentially, when you think about, sort of, how... Like a lot of the characters within individual plot lines relate to to one another or to one another storylines through her actions or through her influence. So the Countess, uh, the, the Countess, <laughs> the Countess. Um, I think technically her name is Elizabeth. Uh, doesn't matter. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's just referred to as the Countess the yeah, entire the, the entire show. Um, yeah. she she loves fashion. Every time she's on the screen, she serves a look. Uh, she is a vampire, like we said, and she contracted the virus from her past lover. Uh, um, ironically, so um, so her origin happens during the flapper era, right? And that's also when yeah. she marries even Pater, even Peters, Evan Peters, no. Yeah, Evan yeah. Peters. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Evan Peters' character, James March, who's like this uh, oil tanko- ta- uh, tycoon with a, who moonlights as a serial killer who builds this hotel. Yeah. And, but she simultaneously has this affair, this polyam- polyamorous affair with this silent movie star. Uh, 
Valentino. Valentino. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can and I just say, I don't know if you know this, because this is crucial to why I love, like, absolutely... Not only because Lady Gaga kills it, and she is just iconic every time she appears, and I love her introduction as a character. Um, did you know that, like, the people involved... Obviously not March, um, Evan Peters' character, but, like, all of the other people are real? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, just, just, no, I, I was March just, like, And March is also so sort of, um, inspired... Inspired by someone? Inspired, someone? yeah. He's sort of inspired by the, by a couple of people, including sort of the suspected killer of Black Dahlia. So, like, there is, like... Okay. And also okay. the hotel itself is sort of inspired by Cecil Hotel. The, yeah, the Cecil Hotel, I read, read about that, yeah. yeah. So, there's, like, even if, it, like, it's not direct representation, there is, like, inspiration. Sure, sure. And, um, but yeah, this, one of my favorite aspects, and, and I also, this is also one of my favorite episodes, the episode where they pretty much reveal the, the lore behind the, the Countess, which is quite later on, which I like, because it, uh, to spend so much time with the character without knowing where she comes from, I think it's quite, like, interesting. Cause yeah, she, I mean, like, it, it sort of builds up the mystique and the... Yeah, exactly. ...of the character. Uh, but, like, the reveal itself, I absolutely love, because she's just, like, this naive like girl in LA <laughs> extra. Like, as, a, as an extra um in in silent movies in the 20s that and, and, and like the whole like fictional backstory is that she falls in love with Rodolfo Valentino who was this I didn't actually know I, I knew him by name never saw a movie with him mm-hmm. but like he was like uh like what James Dean was to the 50s he was to like the mm-hmm. 20s like he was a just an absolute heartthrob a huge movie star and like and he is a vampire so she gets the vampire vampiric she gets the vampiric trait she becomes a vampire through Rodolfo Valentino and one of the things and this is strictly a movie nerd thing that i just lost my shit at is how Rodolfo Valentino became a vampire because he got it from a film director who turns out to be F.W. Moore now, and ma- the fact that they made F.W. Moore now a vampire in this and show also, just be- tells me everything I need to know about Ryan Murphy. And also, the director contracted the virus by having an orgy in the Carpathian Mountains in like the middle of yeah, Slavic which, Europe. <laughs> well, Moore now was famous for being an absolute sexual deviant yeah um, um but to, what i also yeah. wanted to add is that but, valentino's wife is played by alexandra daddario uh, yes yeah. who is in the first season of white Ho- uh, white lotus which is also a show that takes place in a hotel and it's like it's a, it's about ah, this yeah. hotel so it, yeah. like, to me it was very funny like that her two sort of biggest roles is her yeah. being stacked in hotels yeah. i was shocked at learning how old Alexandra Daddario was because to me she's like she hasn't aged in like 15 years oh yeah no she has one of right those races, yeah it's crazy she's I like thought mid-30s right she's in her mid-30s and I was like wait yeah this girl is like 23 24 like like right now right and then when I learned it's like wait when I learned how old she actually was it made sense like yeah I've been seeing I've been seeing Alexandra Daddario for like 15 years and things mm-hmm. so it makes complete sense but yeah just just in the size like shocked um and Evan Peters is 35 which is incredibly weird to me as well but it also makes sense like he's been doing yeah of course American Horror for 10 years yeah like he was 25 when he when he did uh, Murder House and like but to me he's always like that like boyish figure in Murder House he has like very to, yeah. like 
he there's like a boyish look to him I, yeah yeah exactly yeah and i always associated that and now i, I think it would be even more shocking because this is in 2015 i think it would it would be even more shocking for me when i see um Dahmer, um and i see him as he is now uh i mean i'm not gonna watch Dahmer, so you're gonna have that experience yeah, on yeah, your yeah, own. yeah. <laughs> i mean i'm gonna watch Dahmer because one it is a Ryan Murphy show and I kind of have to do a project where I watch most Ryan Murphy things because I am fascinated like like it or not I am fascinated by what he does and I mm-hmm. just I just want to do that um but also like it's my boy Greg Araki directed an episode I gotta support the Griff. <laughs> like god like Ryan Murphy Greg Araki there was someone else but like especially ryan murphy and greg Araki are like just they're like gay avengers <laughs> representing like you you know how like it's the civil war between like iron man and captain america representing two different ideals yes I like that's seen. that's greg Araki and ryan murphy joining forces <laughs> it's true like they represent like two different kinds of like male gayness, I think, to me. But yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, Le- yeah. Like Lady Gaga is the countess. I love her backstory, um, and like for a hundred years, she's just been like she's been hoeing. She, exactly. No, like she has just been suffering through. Like she's she she's like remained in love with Rudolfo Valentino, who was married. Uh, for like a hundred plus years and since Rudolfo Valentino disappeared well you know why in the show like she's just been like obsessed with like attracting men that kind of look like him mm-hmm. um and women not yeah like w- like, women who look completely different but like yeah women, no exactly like but, like the men thing, she dates con- the men the men she attracts yeah. so like she wants to attract or like are very similar to Rodolfo Valentino. I mean, literally, one of the boy toys that the Countess plays with, in her own words, is, played by the same is actor. like played by the same actor that plays Rodolfo Valentino yeah, in the, like, in the also, flashbacks. But I also think sort of the casting for the show was great because like the boy toys really, really look very similar. Like they really sort of casted actors yeah. that have like a very, very similar build. Uh, so Matt Bomer, mm-hmm. like yeah, like I I really like Matt Bomer on this show, who plays like. We we are introduced to the countess. He's essentially a trophy husband, scene. and then he's like at, in the I think the second episode he is like replaced with the like Valentino lookalike, and he yeah does with not, Tristan yeah. yeah and he does not take it well and, and like, she just she he just goes insane I yeah I mean to sort of transition to like another one of the characters Donovan um I love Donovan because like right to the moment where him and the countess are introduced they're introduced as a couple and i love that scene which is i think is like one of the, represents one of the one of the many aesthetic elements i like about, I like about the show is that sometimes ryan murphy will just like transition into making a full music video mm-hmm. for like an 80s or 90s like dark wave song and like i don't recall exactly the song that they used but i just love that their introduction to the countess uh... and donovan are just like it's just this like music isn't video. That, isn't the ballad? Um, I'm gonna tear you apart. Wait, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I yeah. Uh, I forgot who is who it's by. Uh, 
We're gonna play it in the in the credits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could. But like, yeah, like he just makes like this full blown music video of uh, the Countess and Donovan like attracting uh, a couple into the hotel so they can have an orgy. But then they kill the couple and like suck all their blood. Um, and they're introduced as vampires, and like it's a very like stylistically striking. Um, scene it's like a full-blown music video and I, I i love how the orgy is shot i love how like the blood just flows in like this insane like overly stylized way um it's just it's it's stunning it's a stunning scene mm. um and a great introduction to the the mystique of the countenance and like her like boy toy donovan i love donovan because he's he's like he's like he's a himbo like he is the the himboest himbo in the show i think because mm-hmm. he's like he's he has no inner monologue he has no thoughts all he thinks about is his cheekbones and like being obsessed with lady gaga and like, like that's being him. cunty to his mom exactly exactly um so yeah i also really like really like donovan um and yeah but who i love even more is his mom iris played by kathy bates I love Kathy. I love everything she does. She's always. She's amazing in this show. Like when like, I... if I had to pick a, like an acting performance that's the best one in this entire show, I would pick Kathy Bates. I think I would put, uh, pick Dennis O'Hara. I think he's just so beautiful yeah. this season. Yeah, like Kathy, Kathy, and Dennis, Kathy Bates and Dennis O'Hare are, like, yeah, probably like they are the most like sort of likable characters and well-developed characters emotionally like the actors are always given also given like probably like the best written material to work mm-hmm. with with the best backstories the best depth you know and like they absolutely kill out of the park i like i love this this like friendship between the two mm-hmm. like yeah i i love liz taylor and iris yeah they're great they're great um yeah, so, I'm kind of salty. The like, we never get a season where Jessica Lange, Lange's character and Kathy Bates' characters would be besties because they they usually are um, mm. nemesis or frenemies, but like never besties. And it's like the power that that could have had have had. Yeah, like Jessica Lange isn't on this show, right? No, no, no she no, she uh, isn't. She's only in the first yeah. four seasons. She uh, and like sure. so uh, with Hotel like. Murphy introduces this idea that this that that the different stories in different seasons actually exist like within one universe because that's the first season where we get like cameos from characters from previous previous seasons specifically from mm-hmm. Murder House because we have Marcy the real estate agent that sells the house in Murder House reappears here reappears here to sell oh, the hotel okay and then we have Sarah Paulson's character from Murder House, the 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 psychic, reappear. Yeah, in yeah. The final I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I didn't remember her care. Like I didn't, like register. Like that was a character. Cause I. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like. Anyway, what I mean. She came back as another She came character. back, yeah. uh, and so that also leads to the first like crossover season, which is the apocalypse, where you have. Mm. Oh, you also have Queenie. Queenie. Uh, so the. Um, Wait, the, really? The the witch. She's from the Coven season. She's a big Oh, I didn't know she's that one Queenie of... was from another season. I loved Queenie, like her yeah. little appearance. She's okay. from Coven, which is, by the way, my favorite season, as I think I've said many, many times. 
Um, so like that sort of teases what later sort of culminates in Apocalypse, which is the eighth season, which is the first sort of like season to bring back characters from different seasons. So you have a lot of characters from uh, the first season, then you have also a lot of characters from Coven come back. Uh, and that's the only season post season four where Jessica Lange come, comes back uh, because she reappears mm -hmm. as her character from season one. But yeah, oh, okay. Jessica is only in the first four seasons. And uh, mm -hmm. she has worked with Marthy since for Feud, but um, she hasn't appeared in American Horror Story since. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like, <laughs> that's, that's like, I didn't know Queenie was in the show. That's cool. Wait, hold up. I gotta blow my nose. Bless you. All right. I'm trying um, to think if there was like any other cameo that I wrote down. But yeah, it, Queenie's oh, from yes. Coven. Mm -hmm. Speaking of cameos, like I don't think they're from a, from other shows, but like iconic cameos in Hotel, I would put in Darren Chris as like this male influencer. Oh yeah! Oh my god! Like that, I was hilarious. Like, um, he was so funny, and also I was just so right to murder them. Like that was such a satisfying moment. <laughs> exactly. Like and um, Charles Melton is also on this show, which I don't oh, yes. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reggie from Riverdale is on here. Again, playing another himbo, like very delighted to see, um, to see him here. Uh, but yeah, like to sort of go. Oh, and I think my favorite cameo—I I wouldn't call it cameo. I think she's given like a small supporting role. Is a uh, Michinamic as an anti-vaxer mom who gets killed in the funniest, cruelest way possible. She. I completely forgot she's in the season. I also forgot that Chloe, um, how do you pronounce her last name? Savini? Savini. Savini. Savini, yeah. I also forgot that Chloe Savini is in this and like she's so good. How could oh, I? Oh, she's amazing. How could I have forgotten? She's so good. Yeah. Um, like my favorite cameo is Mitch and Amic. I think like, I think Mitch and Amic is like slowly starting to become my favorite, my all time favorite TV character actress. Because she has she done any films? Because all I like know her from she, is like her TV appearances. Like she, Queen yeah, Pigs, she's more well known Riverdale. for. She is more well known for 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 being a TV actress. Like I don't think I've seen her in any films. I I like she's done films, but like, um, I, uh, she's done Firewalk with me, but that's like the one film that's and obviously that's Twin Peaks. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't, she's a movie called Sleepwalkers, which I want to see, but I don't think she's known for okay. being in a lot of films, but like, she was, a, she is in so many of shows that I love, she's obviously in Twin Peaks, she's in Gilmore Girls, she's in Riverdale, she's in AHS Hotel, like, she is an MVP of TV to me. She was also in Dawson's Creek, apparently. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, like I, I just I, I, I love her appearance here. Oh my god, I completely forgot she's also in Gossip Girl in season two. Is she? Oh uh -huh. my god. <laughs> she um she plays like a frustrated uh trophy wife who has a, a affair with one of the teenagers. In oh, that's so funny. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, that sounds like a Riverdale plot line. <laughs> okay, but like um, yeah. Uh, I love her her appearance. She play essentially she plays this like anti vaxxer mom who refuses to vaccinate her her, her I mean, kid like, for that, measles. I mean at that point even if she like wanted to vaccinate the kid, like the kid already contracted <laughs> measles. Yeah, so there's exactly. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, there's nothing there's like yeah. And it, 
like she died i think her death is maybe my top three favorite kills in this entire show uh because she like so her kid is, has measles he's, it's a, he's in a bad state he's about to die and uh, alex but she, that turn uh by that point has turned to be a vampire to be with yeah. her son which is a point we're gonna come back to to later the whole holden and like vampiric children situation yeah. um but so she in a sort of desperate attempt to save him uh like injects his iv with her blood and he yeah, yeah. and at and, um, first like you have this like very idyllic situation oh you know miracle he he's um safe and there's like no indication that he's actually a vampire it's just like it appears like that he's just been cured and like for a second it got me thinking that like uh, you, you have you seen midnight mass or, or not? no so in midnight mass uh, like there's this difference that like if you consume um the blood of the vampire but you don't die the blood only heals you but doesn't turn you into a vampire right like it, the, the act of dying is like necessary for you to be turned into a vampire and for a second because like i thought since her blood was like diluted in the you know the the, the fluids the medication that he was like getting from the iv i thought oh maybe like they're not gonna turn him but then you have like this very dramatic shot of him like drinking the blood of his parents like it's so sick kitchen. it's so sick like and it's kind of like um uh, like a depraved morality tale in a way like mm. just because like yeah alex by the way is chloe savini's character she plays a, a doctor and like when she is turned to a vampire yeah like like you said like injects the blood to save the kid and then like you think everything is fine but like i just love like the sudden like reveal like oh yeah the kid has turned like has completely murked his mom to drink her blood and like as like and also functioning as revenge for her mom not taking care of him probably pro- uh-huh. properly yeah it's so funny no it, it it's it's great it's like you know um like on its own it would be like a pretty cool horror show story. that's what i wanted to say it's like my favorite sort of element introduced by murphy in this season is like how much he plays around with this idea of empiric children because i don't think a lot of like vampire stories like properly explore this idea of these children like you have the interview with vampire with kristen dunn's performance but like other than that in sort of mainstream vampire uh, vampire stories you don't really get a lot of vampire children and to me that's like such a fascinating like states to explore like these children that will never you know um, age that will never uh, yeah. also they will never develop the morality of adults because that's a, like you know th- yeah. this idea that like a child is simultaneously the most innocent creature but also the most depraved creature because they have not yet to learn the social conduct that we describe as morals right uh, and like the whole plot line of this kid then turning his classmates and like them becoming this like band of bandits just like running amok and like having like, this like without yeah with no logic or rhyme or reason to what they do like they just like, work a pizza guy but there's just like <laughs> this in, in within this chaos there's also this like inherent power struggles between these kids and like within these kids and between these kids that's why i call it like Vamp- vampiric chloroflies in my in my notes and that's 
an amazing plotline and i really wish more time was devoted to it because i I found it to be like one of the strong points of of the season yeah yeah it's like five which is probably my favorite episode kicks off with the whole like kids turning each other into vampires and like like murking every adult in the school and then like them pretending that like it was like a school shooting yeah that uh, was depraved but like i think the fun kind of depraved no that's like I, that's the kind of depravity that I, I wish Ryan Murphy was doing more. So like this depravity of idea rather than like an in, of an individual. You know what I mean? Like this like playing yeah. with conventions, this playing with certain uh, tropes and uh, archetypes in in culture rather than like fetishizing a real person. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, like yeah, I think that plot whole plot and <clears throat> to go back to them. Uh, Iris and Liz Taylor are my favorite aspects of the show and the Countess, I guess. I mm-hmm. guess just the entire lore of the Countess. But like, I yeah, to, to sort of just go back because it, it really is my favorite part of the show. Iris and Liz Taylor. I just I, it's like the the emotional like all of the rest is just chaos. But like the truly emotional crux of the show is in mm-hmm. Iris and Liz Taylor, Kathy, Kathy Bates, and Dennis O'Hara. Yeah. Like, just like these two older characters, two complete misfits, like. Iris is this old woman who never felt loved by anyone, like, not even by her own son who tells her to die. Like, she is just a complete wreck and, like, just a, just a total hag, like, grumpy hag the entire show until, like, you know, like, how much she's developed later on and, like, like how she befriends Liz Taylor, who is this trans woman played by... Then Sohara, and I will say, like, it, it it was, like, very moving, like, very respectfully, res- very, I think, very respectfully done. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 she is just such a great character, Liz Taylor. And I do and, like, think this is, yeah. because Dennis O'Hara, like, appears in a lot of different seasons, but I think this is his best role. And, like, he, like, he creates such a moving portrait of, like, just a person that... Yeah. really comes into their own only like at the end of their life and like yeah it's like yeah. what it means I... to serve like experience old age but at the same time only now feel like you're in your youth and uh, maybe not in your youth but in your prime and sort of like yeah exactly and, and the same with with iris like like she has just felt like a com- like a complete nothing, completely invisible her entire life. Same as as Liz Taylor. And I think and also, the way they just bond is just like very moving. And I think also the reason why sort of Liz Taylor is so tastefully portrayed in the show is I, I feel like watching it, I really feel like Dennis O'Hara was like, okay, I'm playing a character as opposed to I'm playing a trans character. You know, like he really sort of in his performance and felt like he really just wanted to portray a character whereas i think when a when a lot of cis actors yeah. play trans characters they focus on the trans aspect rather than the character themselves yeah it's just like a very usually like a very try hard thing where they just, just yeah yeah exactly i get what you mean like there are like terrible performances of trans women by cis male actors like jared leto and there was Byers club Eddie Redmayne and the Danish Girl. Both Oscar-winning performances, but are absolutely horrible, by the way. Um, I haven't seen any of those films. Yeah, bad movies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, like, um, 
yeah, Dennis O'Hara is amazing here. Mm-hmm. And I really love the 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 backstory. You really just get like this person who their entire life has always like felt alienated, like she created a family when when she wasn't out yet and like just com- felt completely like alienated from that life and like only came into her own when she and sort of like fully transitions and wait like i love that scene too because like it's it's kind of meta because since lady gaga is such a queer icon mm-hmm. but it is when the countess like turns her into a vampire it's that like I, that was a really like beautiful metaphor i think no no, no. Like, it was very well it was a great thinking. very well written moment i thought mm-hmm. like a stroke of genius when Lady Gaga, uh, when the Countess um, sort of turns her into um, into a vampire, and she's she finally like is that's her way of transitioning and remaining in that body forever and like yeah happy mm-hmm. with herself with with who she is like from that moment on, mm-hmm. uh, and which was... is so much more sorry sorry just just yeah, wanted to like specify sorry. like which is just so much more like not satisfying but like compelling when. Liz Taylor and the Countess end end up beefing. Oh yeah, no, it, it it's great, it's great. Um, we're running out of time, so like, there, there's so many things we will never. There are a lot of characters we haven't even touched. So like, there's no. I just, just... I, last thing I want to say about Liz Taylor before we move on to the other characters. Uh, uh, sort of a small thing that we we appreciate is that in the flashbacks where you have her before she transitions she's very cold towards her son like you can see that she doesn't know how to yes. connect with her son but then like they reconnect later once her son is an adult and you can also see that like because she wasn't true to herself she was incapable of caring for other people and now that like she is who she like she is her true form yeah she is finally capable of forming an actual emotional bond with her son and that's, I think, was, like, a very, again, very tastefully done thing. That, like, the importance of people transitioning, even if, like, th- the abandonment that they, that this transition can cause is very hurtful, is ultimately necessary because otherwise you will never have, like, a true relationship. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, uh, like that relationship uh, is only truly healthy when, like... Can we... person feel- can yeah. we for a second talk about the Countess children? Like, the, the vampire children. Right, okay. The aesthetic yeah, I was gonna, of these kids. I, I was just gonna say, like, I was gonna just... Yeah, like, that was the thing that I wanted to, like, move on after discussing Liz Taylor. Yeah, I love all of the stuff with her son. I think it's really beautiful, really moving. Just to specify, I think my favorite line in the entire show is when um, Liz and the Countess are like when they first meet mm-hmm. and like the countess is like fiending for blood and she like smells liz and she's like no you, you look like a man but you smell like a woman like and, and the liz is like oh okay and she's like it's your blood and like that was like both funny and moving because yeah. it's like that's your true self that's your blood yeah yeah no that um, was like that, i feel that's like, that's brilliant i thought i really think like ryan murphy as much as he is very tasteless when it comes to depravity, sometimes he has this like strokes of genius of representing queerness. Oh, like I think yeah, that's the thing. I think when it's when his career is over and it's all said and done, I think like we will remember Ryan Murphy as this like absolute deviant who just created content like to an absolutely unhealthy, unrealistic extent. Uh, but also like the on the positive side, I think he is a kind of a pioneer in terms of like. <laughs> queer aesthetics like, and like queer characters into but the mainstream. also like 
older women like older for women sure. as the main for characters sure. that's that's what i mean with like he's an icon of depraved gayness because like he he has this very like quintessentially queer sensibility when it comes to like um obviously queer characters but also all other people that are like shunned in society but also where older women are also in, um, included that's, that's why i think feud works so well because he's just I don't know what it is about him, but he's like he's very good at sort of understanding this like sudden you know the, suddenly you cast aside and suddenly you're made to feel ugly and like this like bitterness but also this yearning yeah. and this like loneliness that comes with old age as well yeah, but like yeah. wanting to still achieve something to prove that you're still like an independent at autonomical human being right yeah yeah um, no yeah I I think that like for all the things there are to criticize about Ryan Murphy, and even being, like, currently as someone who's really interested in him, there are a ton of things about Ryan Murphy that are just, like, like eye-roll-worthy. But mm-hmm. it, it, in that aspect, he absolutely gets it earnestly right. Um, yeah. But yeah, the Countess's children. Can I just say that, like, Holden looks like Phoebe Bridgers? I wanted to say... <laughs> <laughs> that I feel like, it, it, I just, like... You know, Phoebe Bridgers should have it had a cameo as one of the children. Like she, it's the, the exact same. Aesthetic. No, yeah, exactly. Because they, they like Phoebe Bridgers in the um, the motion sickness video where she's wearing the suit and with the blonde hair. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the yeah. Countess is chill. I that plot line is absolutely insane. <laughs> uh no no um. There was something else that I wanted to touch upon, but now yeah. I uh, speaking of like I I like John Lowe as this like groomed serial killer is very silly, like it is extremely silly. But I will say I genuinely enjoyed his his dynamic, um, with Chloe Sevigny, Alex. Um, I do think that Wes Bentley and uh, Chloe Sevigny are very good, despite like John Lowe's character being quite just his whole thing is just very silly. He's like this mm-hmm. divorced man who's like, like spiritually divorced man, not like in the process of divorce, being like just like an absolute wreck, and like um, paranoid, and it gets revealed that he's been a serial killer all along. It's like it's, it's so silly. It's it made me chuckle. I gotta I gotta say, it's so ridiculous, and that's what I mean about the dangers of his. Of Ryan Murphy's fetish of serial killers. This is the, the product. And every time he attempts a serial killer pro- plot in any of the seasons of S- uh, AHS, which happens a lot more than you think. Mm. Like, at least, I think 80% of of the seasons have a serial killer plot. He has a, probably and, has a fetish, right? Like, Ryan Murphy. He, and, like, uh. the thing is, if a person <laughs> disobsessed with serial killers, he always like portrays them in the most silly unrealistic oh ridiculous God. way possible john wayne gacy and jeffrey Dahmer are besties <laughs> not even that not even that not even like fucking like serial killer fun fiction oh like, my God. but like when he actually creates like a serial killer from scratch as a fictional character which happens both in asylum and in hotel and uh like so, sort of in freak show but in freak show like the the the, the killer clowns are deeply inspired by gacy right um He's just—he's a menace. He truly—he's no, a menace. Like, he, he is truly a menace. Like, 
And when I say I, I, I am fascinated by Ryan Murphy, I don't mean I love Ryan Murphy. I mean I am fascinated by how his mind works. Like, who... What is this? Like, no, I'm serious. Like, for as many, like, positives and strokes of genius that he has, both aesthetically and in his writing, like, this, this, this is a true, this is truly insane. Like, and I haven't seen Dahmer, and you probably know this, because you're way more involved in, like, TV discourse than I am, but, like, Dahmer ends with, like, almost this, like, Avengers-like reveal that John Wayne Gacy is next, right? Yeah. And that, when I saw that, that that was the thing, I, I like, I was so pissed off. I'm not going to lie. I was like, what he's, the hell is got, he doing? No, I'm telling you, like, he, the devil, Devil's Night is, like, going to be, like, this Easter egg, like, Taylor Swift Easter egg of, like, every single oh, show he makes. So he's going to make a show about God, every single he's gonna one make of these an, He's going to make another uh, an Eileen Warnos thing. Mm-hmm. He's going to make, like, a, a Ramirez thing. Like, oh, man. Is he is he gonna try to remake Zodiac, but not in the oh, sure. in, not in the tasteful sure. way like T- David Fincher did it, but in the actual like Murphy esque way? Oh my god! I mean, I think you know the way Fincher did it. Like, I think was very good because he focused on sort of the the investigation yeah, yeah, and sort of yeah. the allure of the mystery, yeah. right? As opposed to like fetishizing the actual. It's, no, it's, it's, for in, sure. in a sense, like Zod- Fincher's Zodiac is kind of like the spiritual opposite of ryan murphy's stuff about serial killers and it says that zodiac is all about like how like like mentally spiritually draining is dealing with the existence of a killer like this um yeah. also like but also yeah. of just like murder yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, as something that happens in society but we sort of in, in some level if you don't work in law enforcement or in the sort of legal system or if it you know doesn't happen to you or to your family you can very easily live in a bubble that murder is just a thing that on some level you're aware happens mm-hmm. but you're not in a sort of any way consciously interact with and because if you were to sort of consciously interact with it would completely drain you as a person no. it's the same yeah. with like interacting with war or any sort of extreme suffering is that like it's just so draining that on some sure. level it like depersonalizes you and i think it's brilliantly showed in the zodiac that like like you start like full of energy to like bring this mythical justice, and most cases, you don't find out what happened. You don't get the answers. You yeah. are only drained by having to live with the suffering and with this torture and with this death and this depravity. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, I I will say that like to 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 like to play devil's advocate here, I do think Ryan Murphy attempted something like that with John Lowe, where he starts as an investigator, being mm-hmm. obsessed and like his whole personal life is destroyed by like this thing with the de- the, the Ten Commandments killings. It's very like, zo- it or at least attempting to be like Seven and Zodiac, like those like David Fincher crime thrillers, but also turns into something like truly worthy ass in the sense that it's so silly that it's like laugh worthy um yeah. I, I i would i would say i i was pissed off because i was having fun with the entire thing so it's not really a complaint yeah. it just is very silly yeah no it's like um i was personally like ugh, you know rolling my eyes um but uh, it, it's something to be expected yeah. well, from, one of like, the first i will say though one of the show. first visuals of the, the like striking visuals in the entire show is part of that plot line the 10 commandments killing absolutely insane like the first like when you see the first killing 
Oh no, I love the like when you yeah. have the 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 adulterers. Oh my god, it's the ve- editing, it's very, the shot, it's, very, it's so calm. It's very Hannibal esque in the sense that like this whole thing, uh-huh. yeah. But also, I love how it looks like the, it's like these two people in the middle of having sex, and like the 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 guy is still alive, and like they're both like impaled, and the guy's still alive. He has his eyes out, like it, it, it's. It's crazy. Like it's truly it's it's that's that's like a stroke of genius, like the whole design of how that was done. No, I think yeah, there's one of my favorite sort of things in Hannibal the T V show was sort of like using the carcass as a material for yeah. performance art. And I did enjoy that sort of his nod to it for the Ten Commandments killings and sort of the the composition of the bodies with each kill. Yeah. I thought that was I thought that was nice. I, 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 like it's not realistic, sort of in terms of like yeah, how of crime course, happens. But it doesn't have but to it's, be. But it's yeah. yeah. But it's like I I enjoy it as sort of like a gothic aesthetic choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, apart from apart I, from that, like I I, I will say I, did, I genuinely like enjoyed the John Lowe Alex sort of like separation plot with their missing kids and stuff. I I, I also that was done. It also helps that both actors were very good. Um, who else is there? There's also Hypodermic Sally, played by Sarah Paulson, who's just an insane character. I think this is one of her best performances yeah. in the show yeah, as well. Yeah, she's great. She's so great in this. Who's like this needy, like, uh, BPD-coded character. Like, uh, uh, that was insane. Also, like, one of the most insane, like, aesthetic decisions were, like, with her backstory, where she literally had attachment issues to the point where... Like, she wanted to stitch herself, like, physically, her skin, into, like, her two lovers. Or, like, that was crazy. Uh, also, like, when we talk about less tasteful decisions, that fucking, like, metal dildo ghost she uses to rape <laughs> addicts. Which is very, very violently it's portrayed horrible. in the show. Yeah, it's also in the first episode. It's one of the first impressions you have of the show. And you have so you have the the character that gets violently raped by this ghost is um is the actor that like plays in New Girl. Uh, um, I forgot his name, but he plays like this like lovable himbo in New Girl, and like he gets like violently raped. Oh and I was like, God. no, yeah. Like hype, I was I I really enjoyed Happy the Rick Sally as a character. Uh, Sally, I happened to Rick Sally. No, Sally as a character, she was she was um, she was a very fun character to be around. Yeah. Like how obsessed she gets with John Lowe's, um, uh, as sort of like like a meta way like portrays this like. Again, tasteless, but like this like type of person that would be obsessed with serial killers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who else is Speaking there? Oh, Ramona Royale, played by Angela Bassett. She's amazing in this show. Oh, you're gonna love Coven. She has a big role in Coven as well. I never suspected that Angela Bassett would be a, a Ryan Murphy person, but I'm glad to find that out. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Ramona, one of my favorite moments in the whole season was when you know, um, essentially, so she used to be the the countess. Yeah. Lover, then then they separate and then she finds another lover and she turns him and the countries does not take it well so she murders him because only she can sort of, you know, turn people. Yeah. And after that, Ramona goes back to her parents and sort of the plotline with her dad had me crying so much. Oh my because, god, like, it, it was hair. It was so but it, at the same time, I don't know, maybe it's because like, you know, 
what happened in my family but like to me it was so well handled like this idea that like this like life at all like prolonging life at all costs is not worth it if you if you don't allow to have the person like roommate to remain living in dignity for sure yeah when she obviously like tries to to turn her dad and who has alzheimer's into a vampire yeah 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 i think you know it's it's a very sort of short moment in the show but again like i was like i was crying when that happened again when ryan murphy gets it right he gets it right like he could be Mm -hmm. a genius he just too much of an obsessed weirdo to to like if he was producing less and like focusing more and like fine-tuning it more i feel like he would be one of the best if not the best tv author but i think like the problem with him is like he really (laughs) is just making too much yeah exactly and and to make things consistently yeah yeah and also like on the counterpoint to that that would be true but also the counterpoint to that is part of the appeal to him is that he makes things so obsessively into an absolutely like um i mean uh, the 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 word that comes to mind is fassbinder-esque another gay depraved Uh. auteur but like he makes things makes things to like a, a like a to this level of pace that's like Part of the appeal is, like, how much he puts out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, God, we're running out of time, but, like... We run out Ramona of time. Royale I is to... great as this, like, former exploitation film star who gets, like, falls also, head over heels I, with the Countess. I don't understand. Because, like, at the very end of the penultimate episode, Ramona goes to finally kill the Countess, right? right? And she's, like, very determined to have this, like, whole, like, emotional backstory of Ramona of, like, why she wants to kill Countess, like... And then they just fuck, and like that, I <laughs> like she goes there all determined to like yeah. end that yeah, bitch. Yeah, that's, that's the. Bit. And then she's like, the country's like, yeah, right. Kill me, but fuck me first. And like, and they just fuck, and that's it. And I was like, what the actual yeah. fuck? I was the, not the, the happy. high point of the build up towards the end was Donovan dancing to Hotline Bling, and then. Kathy, uh, Kathy Bates and Denise Ferreira's characters, Iris and Liz Taylor, coming in with guns in their hands to shoot yeah. the Countess and Donovan as Hotline Blink continues playing. Hilarious. Yes. Um, but it also starts go- the whole thing, the, the finale kind of like slips in like consistency and quality when that happens. Like it, it was losing steam, and you can tell it right mm-hmm. if you just wanted to make something that was, that was like silly and light for the finale. Yeah. Um, who else is there? I feel like we're missing people, but like, there's so much on this show. There's so much. I, I just want to say I love sort of how, you know, I, I talk to you a lot about Ryan Murphy dialogue, but every single line of James March is fucking. Oh my god. I don't god. know if it's like, I don't know if it's like Peter, even Peter Sears' exaggerated transatlantic accent, his or like specifically his delivery and performance, but like. It was just so amusing to me and also i love like by the end i think sally mentions like um the guy from kfc or something i don't know yeah and he said i have this written down like i'm not familiar with your military friend and his proclivity for poultry like <laughs> well yeah he's this he's great as this absolutely car- absolute cartoon character yeah who is like the serial killer groomer and uh, he as like this true like personification of cartoon-esque evil like mahaha i'm gonna groom with serial killers i will ho- i will have all the serial killers in my hotel he's so funny he's so funny he's great i love him 
and I guess that's all for today because I have classes. So, yeah, yeah, but that was hotel. I loved it. Go watch it. You, not that I much, do think... but also some parts that no, predict. I I do think it's one of the best American Horror Story seasons. Okay, that's like, that's like growth because it, last episode you said it was your least favorite. Yeah, I, I do think, like. I think watching it and like as a bench helped like mm-hmm. watching from episode to episode as I was watching it in high school like I didn't appreciate it as much um, so I think that's sort of the proper way to watch it and I also think like my taste changed a little bit so there were things that like I wasn't as appreciative as a teenager that I was able to appreciate mm-hmm. now sort of as aesthetic choices as specific things that he did um, so yeah and I also like um yeah, just like th- that's why I like rewatching things because sometimes you know you hate something as a teenager, but then you like it for sure. like, other ways around. But I, I, I am planning on rewatching all of the seasons because I'm a masochist. But like at least from the ones I've rewatched so far, so I rewatched Murder House, I rewatched Asylum, I rewatched Coven, and now I rewatch Hotel. Like my ranking as an adult viewer is like Coven, Hotel, Murder House, Asylum. Mm-hmm. So. I want to rewatch Murder House because that's a show I watched very young. Um, I, I watched yeah. like in 2013 or something, 2012, oh, so 2013. When it, like very close so to like, when it came out. Yeah, it yeah. Came yeah. out. Yeah. Like it was very popular because on Tumblr. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first three seasons were like very, yeah. very Tumblr esque, and then like freak show a lot of people didn't get, and like that's sort of when the American Horror uh, Horror Story, yeah, American Horror Story. Um, became more of a like cult show rather yeah. than like now a mainstream show. Now I it's think for like until only. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think from freak show onwards it's like for people yeah. who like get the aesthetic and the choices. Yeah. I think the next or, ones we might do another American horror story episode. I wanna do it. But like I think the next one I wanna watch might be cult because it looks deranged. I'm not saying it's probably gonna be the best, but it looks insane. It's just it's, it's essentially Murphy attempting to talk about post-Trump America. It's That sounds awful, but also very <laughs> enticing. Um, but yeah, that is that is all for today. I have no idea what we're going to talk about for the next episode. And I also have to pee before my classes. Right. So. It's, it's time to go. It's time to go. It's time all right, go. send me the, the recording. And... Uh...